So there's this, uh, <clears throat> I think, just stunning story about um, this famous actress in the early 1900s. Um, her name was Eve Lavanier, and she was this. In, she was considered the most beautiful woman in the world. Highly successful actress, very very wealthy, lots of lovers. She had everything, and um, she actually was in England. She just ended a performance, and despite all her success, incredible, beautiful, she had signed this contract to come to the United States to perform, but she was so, to be honest, needy of love. She just couldn't stand it anymore. So after her, one of her performances, she was gonna uh, go to the river in London and throw herself in. She wanted to commit suicide, but um, she just didn't, and then, before she was leaving to the United States, um, she just happened to run into this priest. And she was Catholic, but not a practicing Catholic. Um, she ran into this priest. She was kind of uh, impressed by him. So then she just decides to go to Mass. And when she goes to Mass, at the end of Mass, the priest is talking to her and says, oh, I have an uh, autobiography for you, or I'm sorry, biography of Mary Magdalene. And she reads it, and <clears throat> it moves her heart. So she goes back to the priest and says, you know, to be honest, I've never made my first communion. I want to make my first communion. So he gives her instructions. She makes her first communion. And the amazing part is when she receives her communion afterwards, she's just filled with love. So much so that she cancels the contract, cancels her whole uh, acting career and becomes a Franciscan. And she spends the rest of her life actually serving the poor. She dies serving the homeless. Um, and actually, she died blind, pen penniless, poor. And yet, before she died, she said, uh, and I love this quote, I am the happiest person in the world. But her whole life changed from, you know, this constant need to be loved to the rest of her life of just pouring out love for other people. And for her, she said, it all started with the Eucharist, that she felt such love that she had to spend the rest of her life loving others, and she dies happy. And so I, I like how the Eucharist, for her, made this complete reversal. And believe it or not, the Eucharist, actually what we celebrate is this complete reversal that the Eucharist has for us as well. Um, because think about this. This is the Passover, right? But at the first Passover, when um, the Hebrews were slaves, or slaves in Egypt, how God's gonna free them is that they eat the Lamb of God, right? And if they eat the Lamb of God, they are set free. They're set free, and then God says, oh, I freed you from your slavery. You have to free other people. So the Passover was a celebration of freedom. But on the night of the Passover, when Christ reveals that he is the Christ, there's this prophecy that on Passover, the, uh, Christ would bring about the new Passover, the Eucharist. But he reverses it. At first, they're slaves set free. Now, with this Eucharist, we're free, but now, we're reversed, where we become the servant of others. We spend our life out of love serving other people. So in some ways, the Eucharist 
It's supposed to have this reverse with us, the same way it did with Eve Lavanier, that we, do, we are completely free. But in the Eucharist, we become so free that we will love to the point of death. And so, uh, if you remember in the Passover, Moses says to the people, this is a perpetual command. You are never left out of, out of it. You must celebrate the Passover. If you celebrate the Passover, you are set free. All of us become one, and it is a timeless law. So we believe in the Eucharist, once again, we are set free, but this time, not set free to go somewhere, set completely free from selfishness so that we can pour out our lives in love. We are all, you, we celebrate our oneness in the Eucharist, um, and we keep this perpetual command. Um, and I love this. Now, in the gospel, in John's gospel, I like this. Did you know a fourth of John's gospel is dedicated just to Jesus speaking about the Eucharist. It's the largest part in the Gospel of John is just him speaking about the Eucharist. Uh, it's the biggest issue he has. Um, so, the, I, to me, it's the most important thing. Like, for us, when we celebrate tonight the institution of the Eucharist, we wouldn't say it's a symbol. We would say, no, it's this perpetual command that we're given. So think about the, like the first Eucharist with um, Moses. Moses says, take a lamb, eat it, and you'll be set free. He didn't say, take a, a symbol of the lamb and pretend to eat it. You're to take the lamb and actually eat it. So we do the same thing. We actually eat the lamb of God, Christ, in order to be set free. Christ didn't give us a symbol of himself. Christ actually hands over. That's why Paul likes that in the second reading. He hands over his life to us in the Eucharist. He doesn't give us a symbol. He gives, him, he gives us his very life. And so St. Paul says, Christ, uh, Christ sorry, St. Paul did not say Christ is a symbol of the Passover we eat. He said Christ is the Passover that we eat. Um, so think about this, this sounds kind of strange. He doesn't hand over his life on Good Friday. When does Christ hand over his life? Tonight. In the Eucharist, he hands over his life to us so that we can love like Christ. Remember I said the largest part of the Gospel of John is Jesus talking about the Eucharist? Guess what the second largest subject that Jesus talks about? Okay, one person got it. Love. He goes on and on about love. Now, the thing about it is, it's kind of strange. He talks a lot about love, and he connects love to the Eucharist. <clears throat> His largest talk about love is at the Last Supper, and he gives them this new law of love. But the odd part is, the disciples didn't get it. The disciples didn't get it, so he has to demonstrate. So uh, at the Passover, you'd have this outside garment that the uh, uh, father would wear. So he takes off the um, festival garment. I think I lost my mic. Um, takes off his festival garment and he wraps a towel around him. And then at that point, now you have to understand um, the reason why St. Peter objected to Jesus washing his feet is that was what the lowest servant would do. So, 
Um, so St. Paul doesn't want, you know, Christ, God, to take on the position of a servant. So he says, no, absolutely not. You won't do that to me. And he says, no, I have to do this for you. If I do this for you, you're going to have to do it for each other. So think about what this means for us as Catholics. If you claim to have a devotion to the Eucharist, devotion to the Eucharist is not shown in what kind of music we have or you know, how fancy our vestments is. Our, your devotion to the Eucharist is shown on how deeply you love other people. Um, we're supposed to, if you receive the Eucharist, have a heart that is poured out in love uh, like Christ. So. Um, those who are going to have their feet washed tonight are actually those who are entering the church. So I just want them to come forward um, and take... Oh, I lost my towel. Um, come forward. But remember most, um, when you enter the church tonight, go ahead and take your seat. When you enter your church, remember that the Eucharist is this ancient commandment. The longest ritual in humanity is actually tonight, the Passover. What people keep forgetting is not the ritual. They keep forgetting that if you have communion in the Eucharist, you must pour out your life in love. And there's this nun, uh, Faustina, uh, <clears throat> anyhow, Divine Mercy, who, if you pay attention to Divine Mercy, she said that she offers God the body and blood of Christ. How do you offer God the body and blood of Christ? I receive the body of Christ. How do you offer it? You offer it back to God by a life poured out in radical love. That's what Eve Lavanier did. That's what all of us are commanded to do. You receive communion, you too must pour out your life in love. Love so much that it shocks people. Love so much that the broken in this world have hope of healing, that the hungry in this world have somebody to feed them. Love so much that people see the presence of Christ. That's the command of the Eucharist. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.